kick it, she lays it off, Teresa Polias! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! I'm your host, Pong. I'm joined as always by Josh Paris, but a baby face Josh Paris with, with a shave here. You know, I'm just, I, I saw you and I was like, whoa, did somebody else, did you age like five years down? What happened? Yeah, it's my de-aging process. Whenever I feel like I'm the grandpa here at the studio, which I frequently do these days uh, with the likes of you hanging around, <laughs> I, I have to reach for the razor and that's what I did. No, it was because I was on a plane and I didn't want to wear a mask with a beard for a long period of time. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. That's all right. Well, with only three days till the start of the new A-League women's season, see, I got it right this time, we thought, you know, let's preview it. That's important. So we've got an expert, Joey Lynch, the busiest man in Melbourne in football, I reckon, writing for The Guardian, ESPN, Yahoo. Joey, who do you not write for at this point? Uh, Anybody that doesn't pay. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Well, Joey... This new season, there's been a long wait for the season to start. What are your thoughts for the upcoming season? Are we going to get a better season than we did last year? Listen, I think the new era of Australian football, both for men's and women's football, is being heavily driven by narrative when it comes to what is better. Um, uh, the, the, without a doubt, last season of the A-League women wasn't of the same quality that we have had in years past simply because of the number of departures. There were no, obviously, the exodus of Matildas to Europe as well as a host of other players. However that season still went down as one of the more uh, enjoyed and entertaining because of the narrative factors behind it, such as the young players coming through, surprises, storylines, all of that sort of thing. So um, in terms of this season, I'd say it does have the potential to be a better season than last year and, in fact, one of the better seasons in general because there are so many narratives that one can weave uh, surrounding the upcoming months in terms of all the things that are happening in Australian football, the players that will emerge, uh, the clubs that will emerge. So um, the table is set for, for it to be a good season, but you can never guarantee anything in football. Well, go on. For oh, your, you see, it's Josh, your show. You see it's your show. Here? Come on. Well, look, Some... there's a lot of churn in the off season, Joey. Uh, which team do you think is most affected by this, and which team is going to be the most out of sync on match day one, like me and Bakura at the moment on the two mics? <laughs> well, there's been, to be honest, as you said, there's been a lot of churn in a whole bunch uh, of the teams. But then again, whether that's a good or a, a bad thing is entirely relative. I mean, I think. Mm. Perth Glory have over a dozen new signings to their team, but when they are entering a campaign uh, coming off the back of a season in which they only secured a single point and didn't win a game, is churn necessarily a bad thing? And then you've got sides like Brisbane Raw that for a little while last season, it looked like they were going to maybe escape unscathed the exodus of Matildas. They had the likes of uh, Gielnik and Gorry and Polkinghorn um, and Yallop. Now only uh, um, Katrina Gorry remains, so there is a bit of turnover over there. Uh, I mean, 
in terms of them to sites being dysfunctional and not clicking into gear week one, I think there is a chance that whilst, yes, there will inevitably some rust, it might not be as bad as years past simply because for a lot of the teams this season, they've had the very rare luxury of an extended preseason. Uh, NPLW competitions around the country mm. being affected by COVID and shutting down early, particularly in uh, NPL Victor- NPLW Victoria and NPLW New South Wales, it has allowed some of these sides uh, to get players in sooner and begin training earlier. Uh, Victory have been training for a, a few months now, I think, um, paying players while they were training, which is, you know, what we love to see. And I think that's been pretty standard around the competition. So um, there is a chance that a lot of these sides, yes, maybe not as many opportunities to play games coming in, but they'll have trained a lot together. So that might uh, mitigate some of the factors surrounding rust. Speaking of this year, a lot of teams have had a little bit more cohesion due to lack less, you know, COVID disruptions. With the likes of Melbourne City, Newcastle and Perth finishing so poorly last season, not having the greatest season, which of those three teams can you expect, can fans expect to maybe have a resurgence um, as such? I'd say all of them are shaping as being better, but I think Melbourne City is shaping as... um, having the best season. A bit of a spoiler Mm. alert in my Guardian A-League Women's season preview, I have Melbourne City finishing third. Um, I think they have... uh, I would have loved it if they had signed more Victorian players because ostensibly until Western United enter the league, they are one of the two pathways for Victorian players. Um, But I think they have more Queenslanders on their books than Victorians at the moment. Um, But they have... But at the end of the day, Rado Vidasic, it's his job to win games first and foremost. And I think he has this team at his disposal to, to do that. Um, we Obviously, uh, they have some strong talent there already in the forms of the likes of um, Emma Checker, who's coming back, um, Hannah Wilkinson, who has signed uh, during the offseason. And I think she's really going to be big for them because what they were screaming out for last season was a striker that could put the ball in the back of the net. They experimented with a variety of players that aren't really strikers, the likes of um, Chinatsu Kira and Alex Chidiak in more forward roles. Didn't really work. Now they've got an out-and-out striker to bang the ball in. Um, Rebecca Stott is going to return and Rebecca is going to have to build up her fitness as the season goes on, but she is a world-class presence in the locker room um, and she's adaptable as well in terms of what she can do. And I'm not going to give too much away, but I think Rebecca Stott, even in week one, what she does will surprise a few people. Well, they've had Stotty come back into the squad, but a big um, departure from the club has been Tegan Micah. How are City going to be able to... Stay like competitive. They've got a lot of new players. That stability at the back from them last year was really important. How are they going to mitigate that loss? Well, uh, I think they generally have. I think they've signed. I think it's Sally James um, to play in goal for them this year. And um, City generally do a pretty good job of having someone uh, Matilda's or Matilda's adjacent in goal. Um, for them, and I believe Sally James has been in and around youth international teams uh, before, so that should help on that front. And I think um, City in general have always been pretty defensively uh, sound as a unit. Rado Vidisic knows how to coach. He will be able to um, get that side 
uh, up and operating well defensively. They've also signed uh, Winona Heatley in the last few days, so she could come in and help reinforce them as well. Um, I've got big wraps on Naomi Chinema, um, who spent the past season at South Melbourne in the NPLW, and um, she's got a lot of fans at Melbourne City. So I think defensively they should be okay, especially considering that um, Emma Checker, she'll have a bit between her teeth this season. I mean, she's got to have a big season to keep her 2023 Women's World Cup hopes alive. So she is going to be highly motivated. Well, Joey, I was up in Canberra over the weekend. I could feel the excitement for the return of some professional sport to the city. Uh, Look, Manuka Oval was looking beautiful as I walked past. Michelle Heyman obviously broke all sorts of goal-scoring records in her return last season, and now they're rehabilitating another prematurely retired player in Ashley Sykes. How big an impact do you think she can make? Inevitably, I think returning to professional football, there are always questions. She did spend a number of uh, years away from the game. I mean, she played some in the NPLW. She was also an assistant coach uh, for a while with Canberra. So um, just how quickly it takes her to adjust and hit, um, get back on her feet at a professional level um, will be interesting. But she's going to be playing um, next to uh, Michelle Heyman. She's going to have a Leah of Toby backing her up there at Canberra as well. So she won't have to carry the whole load for Canberra. She's going to be able to ease into it. So I think she will uh, potentially prove a bit of a difference maker for Canberra. Canberra, I think it's, it's a bit of an interesting situation that there are after uh, the top two teams in uh, A-League women's, there are ostensibly six Seven, you could argue argue for six teams that could potentially slot into those final two finals positions. So at present, and I reserve the right to change my mind, uh, depending upon any late, uh, late additions to squads, I would have Canberra finishing fourth. Um, I've got questions on the defensive ends, but I think they're going to be, you know, very good moving forward. So, and goals win you football matches. Well, if we head further north up into the uh, Queensland, they have lost a lot of players with the likes of Tamika Yallop, uh, Emily Gilnick and Claire Polkinghorne all leaving um, at the end of last season. They may be a team that may, will miss their last season form. Are they going to struggle this year or have the uh, new incumbent players good enough to fill those uh, positions left? Well, I mean, sometimes it just feels like Brisbane are going to be continuously success, successful in the A-League Women's. I think they are the second most successful team in the competition's history uh, after Sydney FC. And I think Brisbane, one could probably make the argument ha- uh, no side in the competition's history have done such an excellent job of developing and fostering local talent um, like uh, Brisbane Raw slash Queensland Raw back in their early days have done so. You just need to look at the Matilda squad to see uh, the rich vein of talent that has poured out of Queensland um, in the past decade and a half. And that speaks not only to the Raw, I guess, but also the developmental pathways that have been instituted um, in Queensland. And if they are to have young players coming through, they've got the right coach to do it. Gareth McPherson um, is a former assistant to Malandrietta at the club back when they won a premiership. So he knows what it takes to win with the Raw, but he's also spent time in the National Training Centre up there in Queensland. He coaches the Queensland Academy of Sports side in NPLW Queensland. So he knows 
not only who the best young players and the best players in NPLW Queensland are, he also has experiencing developing and fostering talent. So mm. if they are to find that next uh, diamonds to come out of the Sunshine State, he would be a good candidate to do it. What do you make of the coaching change there? I mean, you mentioned the new, the new incoming coach seems to have good credentials, but replacing your manager after a second place finish seems a little bit harsh to me. Uh, I, I don't really, I don't have too many uh, ins in the mm. local Queensland scene, so I'm not sure. This is unfortunately uh, an A-League a women's competition where coaches are not full-time uh, coaches. Sure. They do have other commitments. I know I uh, read, read a story with Ash Wilson recently in which she'll spend most of her days teaching and then go and coach the Newcastle Jets and spend most of her nights preparing the next session or the game plan or uh, grading students' homework. Um, so the career factors could be an issue. I can't really comment uh, beyond speculation around that. Well, Gareth is one of the new coaches in the league. Will he be one who surprises a lot of people or will he be one of those ones that will be on the hot seat very early or will there be another uh, manager around the league? I don't think he's going to be on the hot seat early just simply because this is a young Queen, uh, mm. Queensland-based side, a Queensland-influenced side in transition. I think he'll be given time. The, the coach, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people in a good way. Um, I think is I think is Alex Aparkas out uh, at Perth Glory. Um, it, it kind of, I think it's been sort of glossed over just how much of a poison chalice he was handed at that club last season with the border restrictions, the inability to properly recruit, the um, short time he had to prepare his sides, the messed up schedule they had to play. Um, so I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I mentioned there. Uh, large turnover in their squad, bringing over a dozen players. This is a squad that bears a lot more of a Parkas' fingerprints on. I think pretty sure he was the first coach to get out there and um, start recruiting players. I mean, it felt like the season was barely over and then here was Perth Glory announcing a whole bunch of uh, young and overlooked players from the Eastern Seaboard. I mean, I, I, he must have been haunting uh, some of the NPLW Victoria commentary streams that myself and Josh were doing because he signed a number of talented young players from that system as well as New South Wales, which you'd expect given that he's a former Sydney University coach. So I think he is going to surprise a lot of people in a very good way. What about Wellington Phoenix then? The newcomers to the competition have almost uh, gone under the radar here because they're likely to be playing games in Wollongong due to the border situation. Maybe the New Zealand media not so interested in hyping them up when there's no home games to attend. Uh, I saw something on Twitter where there was only one journalist at their Zoom conference, which, I mean, Joey, that sometimes happens in Melbourne. So yeah, it reminds uh, me of my all those one-on-one conversations I had with Emma Checker and Jenna McCormick last year at the City <laughs> Press Conferences. So not too unusual in an occurrence, unfortunately. But uh, what do you make of uh, this side that they've assembled? Uh, it's good to just have the league expanded first and foremost, but uh, on the name recognition index, at least, it doesn't rate too highly for me, to be honest. It doesn't rate very highly at all. With apologies to our Kiwi uh, bros um, and sisters, they're going to take their lumps this season. The veteran in the squad 
is Annabelle Martin. Um, so in the outfields, at least. So they're going to take some lumps. This is going to be a very young team. Um, the hope will just be that if they are to take their lumps, uh, they take them in a way that allows this to become a learning opportunity. It, it's, to be honest, it's quite a big task in front of Gemma Lewis, their coach, who also doubles up as coach of New Zealand's under-20s uh, women's side because they're going to lose and they're going to cop a couple of thrashings, I imagine. So it's going to be her job to make sure that these young players don't drop their heads um, don't become disillusioned or damaged um, by the heavy defeats. And they use them as learning experiences. They use them as a, maybe a way to build chemistry and a sense of camaraderie. And they use it as, yes, we're losing games, but we're building a foundation here, not just for a new A-League women's franchise, but also for New Zealand's football, not just heading into a 2023 Women's World Cup. I think that coming tournament tends to overshadow the fact that a lot of these moves that are coming in to coincide with that tournament are really around building a legacy and a foundation for a self-sustaining, strong women's ecosystem after that. So that has to be the focus, I think, making sure that they keep their heads up, take their lumps, maybe pinch a win, um, and then just bigger and better things in the years ahead. Absolutely. Well, Joey, last year, great grand final, Melbourne Victory versus Sydney FC. These these sides have kind of gone a little bit of different direction in the off-season. Sydney have lost uh, some key players and Melbourne Victory have managed to retain a lot of their quality players. How do you see both those sides this season going? They're going to be top two. Um, once again, I think there is a clear gap in quality that exists between Melbourne Victory and Sydney FC and the rest of the competition. And I think there are, you're right, Sydney FC have lost a couple of big players, especially I think Teresa Polias and Ellie Brush, Polias, midfield general, what could be considered a bit of a heart and soul of Sydney FC, um, stepping away to start a family, I believe it was. Um, and then Ellie Brush, so unfortunately lost to an ACL injury, another ACL injury, the the great uh, demon that descends upon women's sport, the ACL injury taking her out. Those are two big losses, but they're another side that they will be good going forward. They've got that triumvirate triumvirate up front, Remy Seamson, Princess Abini and Courtney Vine. I've got huge raps on Courtney Vine. I remember injuring, um, not injuring her, interviewing her and profiling <laughs> I hope her. Not. I hope not, John. She's Please, suffered some on. pretty serious injuries. I haven't <laughs> been your responsible, Joe. Uh, oh, God, no. I remember um, interviewing her when she was a member of the Newcastle Jets um, as a rising star, and it's great to see her kicking on now. Um if she hadn't been lost to an injury um, heading into the finals of last campaign, who knows what happens both for Sydney FC and for Vine herself. I'm almost certain that we would be have seen Vine make a Matilda's uh, debut at some point had she not suffered that injury. So really looking to forward to seeing um, what she can do. So Sydney will be there or thereabouts. Um, I know Jessica Nash, baptism of fire against the United States here in the week, one that will she will want to forget, but playing for Sydney FC, she will not be playing the reigning world champions every single week, so hopefully um, she can improve and develop as a defender. Um, and then looking uh, on the Victorian side of things, Melbourne Victory, they're the team to beat. Um, they have lost a few players, but Angie Beard for Courtney Nevin, 
um, is would generally be seen as a like for like. I think at this stage of their careers, definitely that Beard is a better player, um, especially in that victory system. However, Nevin huge wraps on her throughout women's football. She now can come down and work under Jeff Hopkins and we'll see um, what she can do. Um, Lisa Devana is gone, but Melbourne Victory are very confident that the likes of, um, well, Leah Privatelli, if nothing else, can certainly replace the grunt and the mongrel that Lisa Devana has uh, left at Melbourne Victory. And I do think that Melina Raz, I think Melina Raz, um, I've got huge wraps on Melina Raz. I think she is primed if she can stay fit if she can keep at it get her head down and work hard I think Melina Rouse is primed to have a breakout golden boot winning season and to I think she should have been in a squad already given some of the players that uh, have been getting call-ups in the last few um, camps but I think Melina Rouse will give Tony Gustafsson no choice but to take a look at her in a full proper Matilda's camp at some point well, we had her on last exactly, week, Melina, and <laughs> we just, did ask her about it. We're a good luck charm, I'm telling you. If it happens, I'm we're taking full credit for it at the end of the season. Come uh, on. Uh, look, she was pretty circumspect. Yes, Joey, come on. She said she, quote, unquote, wasn't too cut about being left out, but uh, I, I think I was more disappointed than she was. She's a pretty chill character. Well, uh, She's a very chill character. Well, Joey, before we let you go, I've got two quick questions for you. Is your finals predictions Sydney FC versus Melbourne Victory a replay? And we like to ask every person who comes on the show... Who are some players that people should be looking out for in the A-League women's this year? At this stage, it would be Melbourne Victory and Sydney FC purely because, as I mentioned, the golfing class. um, That's not to say there's not going to be some last-minute surprise W-League signings as they're often are. Is that a coin? Yeah. Did you say W-League just then, Josh? Come on. Oh, God. We only say the right name We have a swear jar going on here on Radio Dub this season. (laughs) Uh, we actually do. I've got the sound effect somewhere. But, uh, yeah, that's a that's a dollar in the swear jar for me. And radio. Well, indeed, there are some late signings that are on the horizon. Most of them, I wouldn't say, would upset that prediction and possibly one of them would even strengthen that prediction quite a lot um, if it comes off. Um, however, yeah, that quality exists at, at the top. Melbourne City, if it all goes right, could crash the party. As I said, Canberra, Brisbane, if things go right, because it's the dub. Chaos is um, even more so than um, the A-League men competition, which runs off chaos. It seems that every year the dub finds a way to one-up itself. Um, So I have no doubt that um, something will happen this season that makes me look like a complete fool (laughs) or more of a fool than I already am. Um, And in terms of players to watch this season... There's so many. Um, 2023, of course, is on the horizon. There's so many to watch, players pressing their case. But one, a player that I've got a lot of raps on, a player that is a pet project of Jeff Hopkins at Melbourne Victory. I think he sees a little bit of himself in her, the hard-nosed defender, Polly Doran, um, on uh, the wing back at Melbourne Victory. I love her story. She came through. She came through. She didn't go into the elite pathway. She came through playing for the Essendon Royals, called the United, never sniffed the junior or young Matilda's side, but here she is playing week in and week out for the defending A-League Women's Champions. Um, Listen, I don't think she's ever going to be a Ballon d'Or winning Ellie Carpenter type, but she's going to turn into 
I think, a very solid pro, not just in Australia, but I think she's got what it takes to turn into a very solid pro overseas, maybe jag a few Matildas caps, maybe um, prove her adaptability as well and move around the pitch. So I think she is primed to take another step this season. Well, thank you. Thank you, Joey, for joining us on the show for our A-League preview show. We'll hopefully have you on the middle of the season, see if your predictions have held up. And uh, where can we read some of your stuff coming out this week? Uh, I will have an A-League women's season preview in ESPN Australia alongside Marissa Lordanik. I will have a solo A-League women's season preview in The Guardian. Um, I will have a bit of a look ahead to the 2023 Women's World Cup in Optus Sport. I will have an A-League uh, women's feature um, on uh, one one player in The Guardian at some point soon. And I will also have an A-League's women column in The Guardian coming out on Monday. Right. Joey. And I will also be filing on all the press conferences and the like on my own <laughs> website, jdlmedia.news. Your computer is going to be finished. We better yeah? let you go. You've got a lot of articles to write. Uh, it's like uh, Mike Tyson, you know, Seriously. his fluid information. Uh, just go go to your Twitter feed <laughs> at Joey Lynchy and uh, find all his stuff. Joey, brilliant stuff. Thank you very much. And I'll also be calling the Doherty Cup final on uh, <laughs> Sunday alongside Josh Parrish. And I'll also have a preview out for that on Football Victoria's yeah. pages. Look at that. Busy man. Busy, busy man. Come on. All right. Shall we take a short break? We shall. Oh, before we do. You couldn't hear that, Joey, but that's the uh, sound effect. One in the swear jar for yours truly. Okay. A-League women is Get what it it's right, called. Please. Come on now. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Jump around.